0: This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity created by the real life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season four of the podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel. I don't really like hot weather. I've been attempting to keep my IG time to 30 minutes a day. It's not really working. And I'm learning how to grow food with my brother.
1: Hi, I'm Ashley. I work at Orange Theory. My favorite food is a big Italian sub, or as I like to call it, a hoagie. And I love the smell of paper.
2: Hi, I'm Janelle. Rishi tea is my absolute favorite, and it's from Milwaukee. I built a website in two hours yesterday. And I love the smell of gasoline. And we are your hosts of the True North Collective Podcast. Oh my god, so funny! Okay, Ashley, you inspired me because I could not think of a third one, and I was like, "Oh my god, what is it going to be?" And she's just like, "Okay, she likes to smell something." <laughs> like,
1: yes. well, I like the smell. <laughs> so thank you. Oh my gosh, I was thinking in my head, I was like, "So funny, we both have smells on our." No, yep, that was our totally because guys. you said it.
2: I had two down, and I was like, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck." The third one, I was like, "That's it, okay." So the smell of paper, does it have a memory to you or is it just always bad? I
1: literally was just in Barnes and Noble, um, a few days ago and I was looking for a new book I wanted to read and I just like smell books. It is such a wacky thing. I have a notebook next to me and sometimes I just smell it. I don't know if it's comforting. I have no idea, but my mom always makes fun of me. She's just like, you know, the, like when you do facts or something, you're in school and you know, you ask She's like, that has to be one of your things because I don't think a lot of people, right? I don't think a lot of people have that in common with you. And I was like, all right, it's a fun fact.
0: Dude, I just smelled that book and it takes me back to textbooks when I was in school and they do, I did, I remember liking the smell of that
1: yes there you go oh, I have it, a friend interesting <laughs>
2: Barnes and Nobles has like that very distinct smell yeah. too and I actually just went into a Barnes and Nobles oddly enough because I also don't normally go into them the other day yeah and it's the same thing like I could just sit in there all day long and I think half of it is the smell but it might be more nostalgia of yeah the scholastic book fairs and Barnes and Nobles as a child I don't know if you guys had the Scholastic Book Fair where they bring all the books in. and
1: It was like the best. And I feel like I'm not, I have become a reader. I feel like as I have stepped into kind of learning about myself and growing, but I was never like, I never wanted to read, you know, for fun in the past. And so it's just funny that, I don't know, paper and me were just best friends.
0: I'm kind of the same, actually. I was not much of a reader. And then, I don't know, I'd say like six years ago. Uh, the guy I was with with, loved reading and he would read these like thick ass books about like shit that I was like, what are you doing? And he went to like a special high school where there were only four people and they basically catered the education to their interests. So like he learned science through the lens of interior design and and design and art. And so um, he learned how to learn in a way that worked for him. So he would like go to the library and he'd be like, I'd be like, what are you doing today? Like, want to hang out? And he's like, well, I'm at the library learning about 80s art deco. And I was just like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, for what? And he's like, so that I can, I don't know, you be inspired by whatever it's going to inspire me to do. And I was just like, what? You're like studying because you want to? <laughs> but anyways, it's like totally rubbed off on me. And now I read a ton, which I never would have thought that would happen. But did you have the buses that would come with the books. Did you ever have that?
1: No. Oh, no. huh? Oh. No. Yeah. Tell me so more.
0: It was so cool. So like, a, I don't know, like, I don't know how often, but a bus would pull up and you'd walk in and it was basically a, like a library on wheels. And you'd get to like pick the books that you wanted or you could buy them if you wanted. And then it would come back the, like, the next month or whatever. And you could swap your books out or you could buy new ones. It was the coolest thing ever.
1: I love that. Yeah. Aww.
2: I was. I've always been a pretty big reader. I feel like it's diminished now that I only seem to read self-help books. Which I also said when I was in Barnes and Nobles, I'm like, I need to pick up like some fiction books and just read for fun because I'm all, how do I solve all my problems? And I'm like, okay, this is like this probably why I don't read anymore because I'm like sick of reading self-help books. But when I was in college, I'm I have a like late July birthday, so it was after my freshman. No, it must been after my sophomore year. I stuck around, but all my friends that were still in the college town and didn't go home, they were all over 21. So they were going to the bars on the weekends and weeknights, basically. And I could not because I didn't have a fake ID and (laughs) I was about 21. So that summer, I read 25 books in three months. That's like all I did. And I love, I mean, I actually really loved it. um, But I mean, I was slightly lonely because I was like, can we not go to the bars? But okay, no, I'll just read a book. (laughs) so, and that was the last time I think I was a really avid reader. Like I read all the Harry Potter series because I never read this as a child. Don't know why. Um, so I was like, well, I have to do this and just went through and it was so nice. And I would just sit places around campus and read.
0: I also used to be afraid of um getting a paper cut in your eye when I was in school. You know My how they like. My sister did that. <laughs>
1: She was in school, she was like lifting up like a piece of paper and she
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I like every time they would, you know how you like had to pass back the papers, like you'd grab it and pass it back. I'd be like, let me get and I didn't have to wear glasses until sixth grade. Like that's my eyes just changed. They were like, we don't know what happened to you in sixth grade, but your eyes went from like perfect to like not great. Um but so I would like I'd just be like oh my god
1: oh my god oh my god oh my god Um ew. oh god yes and I remember we had a basketball tournament my dad coached us in like AAU basketball and she had to wear like a patch on her eye it was like I know mortifying for her but they mm-hmm. they put like a patch on it and she you just did drops and it and it healed the human body is amazing but yes gross crazy oh she like passed out when she did it oh, yeah. it was not. I, that, yeah.
2: Yeah, I oh, know. I'm done. like,
1: we're done. Like
2: Rachel's <laughs> we're about done. to and- I know we're done. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rachel, here's a new image. Speaking of glasses and the childhood, just picture me in first grade with glasses, braces, acne, and chubby. There we go. Does that make you not want to throw up? It's just like,
0: oh, sweet little Chanel. I mean, that was like basically me all of high school. Yeah, Except you for- can just add <laughs> me into that as well. Except for I was right. like, super skinny. Cause I was sick. So like not, it was just like, Oh, is everything okay over there? <laughs>
2: it wasn't. <laughs> um, or fitness. That's exciting. I didn't know that about you. Are you a
1: coach? Do you work up front? Do you? Yeah, I, I work up front. So when I started splash of ash, I mean, I, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to make, you know, like a ton of money doing this right now. And honestly, that's not the goal right now. The goal is just to help people and to inspire people and talk to cool people like you guys. Um, it's a vision in the long run, right. To do this full time for myself, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I was like, what can I do? That is like fun, like a fun environment, something that can energize me and not totally stress me out. Um, And so literally across the street from my apartment is the orange theory. And I started to work out there in the fall of last year. And I like went in one time for a workout and I asked my favorite coach there. And I was like, are you guys hiring? And she was like, we're always hiring girl. So I just got a job there. I love my coworkers. We don't have a lot of people working there right now. Um, They had to let go a lot of people because of COVID and just the whole shebang. Um, So I'm really blessed to be making money and doing something fun um, just for now. So I work at the front desk, but like the members are so fun. Like when, when I see them to check them in, we still do like the temperatures and like all that jazz I'm in Florida. Um, and the members are such cool people. I mean, of course you get like a few people who are just like not friendly, but for the most part, everybody is so fun and so friendly and it makes it fun for me. And it gives me like a place to go to where it's like low stress. And I didn't want to do something in counseling. Cause that was my background my master's in, in clinical mental health counseling. And I thought about working in, you know, some sort of office in counseling, but I knew it would just drain me. And I wouldn't be able to show up doing podcasts and talking with people and helping people in a way that I wanted to. So I'm super happy that I'm at Orange Theory. That was a long answer for your question.
2: <laughs> it's okay. I feel like everything you said about the podcast, dude, Rachel are like, uh-huh. 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 And I think, you know, from us being on your podcast, like we met each other at a fitness studio. So I love, like, I love the parallels and it is, it's um, such a, like, it's just a cool environment. That was when I moved to California, I struggled to find a fitness community. And I would tell people, I'm like, that's like the only way I know how to make friends. (laughs) Like, I go to the fitness studio and yeah, or like work at the fitness studio or teach at the fitness studio. Um, And when I moved here, I didn't find a place to teach for quite a while and now luckily I have um teaching at two places but it it is it's just like and after COVID I think I even appreciate it more because I'm like oh community people like come just say hi (laughs) I miss you all
1: I can totally relate to that and I feel like the members there like some of them have been there from when the studio opened four years ago we just had our four-year Um, like birthday there. And so they made it a big deal, but a lot of the members have been there since we opened. And so for the shutdown, like that is their place. Like some of them work out there every single day at the same time with the same coach. It's like their release, their thing, their routine. And so for them to not have it, it's like a huge deal. So, I mean, I jumped on, you know, I've, I've been working there since February. Um, so not, I'm still brand spanking new, but it's so fun to just, for me to go into a community and feel so welcomed and loved already. I'm like, I've been there for two months and I'm like, it's my, it's my fam. It's my people. It's fun.
2: Boutique studios. Well, just studios in general, because I'm also teaching at like a club now, which I haven't done in a long time, but, um, they're just, they're so special. Like when COVID happened and people worried about a lot of them shutting down and not opening back up which I know is a reality actually for a lot of them, but, I am like, no, like this will come back because it's not the same. Like I do like working out at home too, but it's not the same. And when, in a 2021, when a lot of us aren't as religious, like we don't have necessarily church communities or other outlets, like that community space and that routine and that consistency of going to the same class. Like I go to, you know, Mike's class on Tuesdays at 6 PM is like the closest thing I feel like a lot of us have to that like consistency in communal spaces because it's so easy to be isolated and then add now COVID even more isolation. Um, so yeah, it's there's a special special spaces. Before we introduce Ash, come play with us the first Thursday of each month and the third Thursday of each month. We are doing all the fun things with all the fun people. The first Thursday we offer our workshops on authenticity. The third Thursday is our free community gathering called The Collective. We would love to see you there. Also promoting, super excited, working with Whalebird Kombucha. About two years ago, almost now, a lot of us stopped drinking or at least significantly reduced it and we're teaming up with Whalebird to offer you all 10% off your order using the code JanelleRLet'sParty the best party drink out there. All right, let's jump back in. We are very excited to be welcoming Ashley Parker, the founder of Splash of Ash to the podcast today. Ash has made it her mission to inspire individuals to live their best lives while being their best selves. With her master's in clinical mental health counseling, she shares actionable mindset shifts to help you change your everyday, which in turn will change your life. Ashley has her podcast out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. A splash of Ash also has a blog and a newsletter and some merch available to purchase on her website, which is amazing. We were lucky enough to be on Ashley's podcast. And I will say, if you haven't picked it up from her banter now, Ashley is just so down to earth and relatable. And like you're one of those people, which obviously makes sense while you're thriving in the fitness community too. That I feel like you meet and you have a like three-second conversation, you're like, oh, we're friends now. Like we <laughs> like we're connected, that like, this is like gonna continue. Um, and so I just really appreciate that from you know, even our, our limited time together. It's like, okay, no, we're we're buddies. And so you just have that personality that is so easy to connect to and relate to, and just like be. Drawn into. So, we're really excited to have this conversation with you today. Welcome.
1: Welcome, Ashley. Oh, thank you so much. That put a smile on my face. We're recording this on a Saturday, and I'm like, Saturday made. It's always fun to like chat with people. And I, just like you said, I don't, you know, know you guys all that well, but it feels like we've been friends for so damn long. So, it's so funny. So, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here on your show and have a vulnerable conversation with you guys. Loves, loves. So, should we jump
2: in? Because I'm okay. Like, we didn't really know exactly what we were going to talk about until I don't know, 20 minutes ago. Um, But I'm excited to talk about basically, well, okay. No, I'm jumping ahead. We have to ask you a question. This is how excited I am. I'm like, (laughs) I'm all excited to talk about the topic today. But okay, before we get there, deep breath, Janelle. What does it look like to be Ashley today?
1: I love this question because I feel like it's something we don't think about that often. Like, what does it look like to show up as Ashley every single day? For me, I hope this doesn't sound cliche, but for me, it is getting up every day with a smile on my face and gratitude in my heart and just showing up with light, positive energy. And I hope that doesn't sound fake- or cliche, like, oh, I'm going to get up and be this. But I really do feel like I've I've had that energy since I was younger. I've kind of portrayed this sweet, positive, uplifting, at times even motivational energy to people like I don't even know. Like I've had people just, you know, kind of come up to me and say, like, your energy is so sweet and special. And so I really think that it's just continuing to show up in that way so i can inspire and have other people you know lift their vibes lift their energy and yes that's always hard to to show up that way every single day cuz i have crappy days just like everybody else right but i think that it's important to have continue to have gratitude continue to have practices in your life that can help you to continue to show up with those high vibes and that positivity. And I really thrive off of other people's energy too. Um, I feel like I take on other people's energy. So it's also learning how to shake some of that when I, you know, maybe someone else is having a bad day in the grocery store and they made a rude comment and then it's hard for me to shake that. So I think it's all learning. But for me, showing up as Ashley means just showing up with bright energy to inspire and lift other people's vibes up.
0: Uh, I love that. And I just have to say that while you were talking, I was like, I need merch from Ashley. And so I just looked up your splash crew and, um, is it a light pink one?
1: There's a light pink one, but I'm running out of merch. dude. I need it. So, okay. (laughs) I got you girl. I, so we ordered them when I first launched in August. And if I could go back, I honestly probably wouldn't spend money on merch because it's, you know, looking back when I launched, you're kind of like, how can I make money like right now? And it's like, relax ash you got time for that right and so you spent money on a bulk order and a lot of my family and friends bought it at first and it's like a few people that I don't really know bought it but that's rare but I have had a lot of people be like I need this one I need that one so I guess I need to order more the you just eye, all right fine eyes. I'll do it <laughs>
0: yeah the I I was like I have a minor obsession with crew neck sweatshirts right now like I it you. really yeah. is a problem and um that color is really speaking to me. I'm, this is not about me, but it's coming up. Um, I'm working to, it actually relates to what you were saying, but, um, the ability to own that part of me that innately shows up in the world as inspiring without really trying. I'm not going to say that's a blanketed state. Like it's not blanketed. I've definitely had people that are like, I don't prefer you and that's okay. um, but I do tend to, I, I relate to what you're saying and, um, I have tended to, um, to navigate that the way that people are drawn to me, um, I've put up walls at times or been like a really tough person. And I'm trying to bring back in tenderness and own that part of myself. That is kind of this really, it's like the softer, strong side of me, um, And so anyways, that sweatshirt like speaks, it's like that, it's like a light pink is what I'm seeing there and, um, thinking how you are showing up in the world that way. And to be able to wear something that, um, has that like modeling and is innately energetically in the sweatshirt. I love, um, as I'm embracing that for myself. So thank you. And I'm excited to get
1: one. (laughs) So as you were talking, I feel like we're already going there. So I'm just going to go there with you. (laughs) Um, when you said bringing in that that soft, tender side. So I'm a Scorpio. I don't know if you guys know anything about horoscopes or believe in them or anything, but I'm a Scorpio. So I got that tail and we just, okay. Sometimes it just, it comes out of me. And sometimes it feels like I can't control that. The tail just comes out, but I have a hundred percent feel like I have been able to embrace that side, but also tone that side down. I was always the person that that's like, you F with my family, you F with my sister, my mom, or whoever. It's like, you done cut off. I'm going to give it to you straight and we're out. But I feel like it needs to be toned down at times, right? Like I need to embrace that softer, sweeter side of me. And my mom is a Libra. So I think learning from her and having her as a model because she's so sweet and she just wants everybody to always get along, which I know isn't ideal all the time. So sometimes I got to step into that, but she has been a great model for me to bring in some of that sweet energy. So hundred percent, when you were talking about that, I was like, I can relate to sometimes, sometimes I'm, I'm strong. I'm opinionated, right? I'm loud. I don't know if you can see that I'm loud. I get fired up at things like, so embracing that, is really important and when I was picking my like brand colors right it's like that purple and that pink and I was like this is so funny and a peach like it's not red and black right (laughs) like it's just sweet colors. so it's funny how it's kind of full circle and you learn about yourself as you're going so I can relate to you so so hard on that one also I just want
2: to say Scorpio moon so I feel you I'm like the the loyal and like when you fuck with my people like I'm coming for you (laughs) And then Leo Leo is my son's side. So I feel like those two, it's like, yeah, fiery, yep. loud. Yep. And I this is nothing to do podcast, but um, I only dated Scorpios for forever. So you all are my favorite people. It's only recently that I've broken out of the Scorpio box, but I've had something. I think it's the the loyalty drawn to Scorpios that I've always appreciated.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like now I need to share. I'm an Aquarius, (laughs) Aquarius sun, Leo moon, Gemini rising, um, which I love that stuff. And I definitely don't know a ton and I kind of learn as I go. Um, but yeah, it's the, it's, I'm a very tiny human. Like I'm like a shrunken down human. And so a lot of times when people meet me and I do have like, um, I think that I, I would be curious to know like, Janelle, when you first met me, because I did have a Mohawk at the time. And like, I, I don't know, I like, I, I think that my energy when I first meet people tends to be like, I am really open, but I also am like, quite, I, I can be kind of quiet at first and like reading the situation. And even the way that I show up, it's kind of like, I'm taking it in. And I, I think I come across pretty like, pure or like naive or, but I'm not, I am like, I'm a pretty passionate, like bolsterous, like rebellious. I want to fuck shit up. And I want to break this the way that people say it's supposed to be. And so when people get to know, like, especially as I've been having old people come back into my life from like younger years, even high school. And then I fucking swear all the time and like I talk about sexual things and then they're like, wait, I, that you're different than what you I thought you were. And then I'm like, well, this is who I fucking am. And like, you know, whatever. but it is um, I had a friend uh, when I lived in Minnesota say to me, honestly, Rachel, if you were any bigger, it would be too much for people to handle because your energy's so like, big that you have, it has to be in a small body to compensate. Otherwise it'd be too much. I was like, okay, thanks. I think. Um, But yeah, so I, I, the tender, the tenderness is a word that has been like showing up for me lately of, I mean, clearly it's there, but then it goes away, but it doesn't really go away. And when I'm able to integrate both, I feel like that's where it's actually really magical. And there's like, it's rebellious. It's like how can you be soft and strong at the same time? Well, that's actually really awesome. I'm not flipping between the two. I'm I'm both and I'm doing it in my own way. And so I've been playing with that a
1: lot lately. Well, one you're too much is like your superpower. So rock that always. And as you were also talking, I was thinking about myself and if I I, I could go back a little bit in high school, and in middle school, I would say I really had myself in this like box and this box was alcohol is bad. Sex is bad. You can't curse. Like it was this very honestly like naive, like little box I had myself in. And if I did anything outside of that box, I was a bad person. I, I was a bad human. And I have met people. I was actually just telling my coworker this the other day. I have met people in my life that have helped me to step outside of that box. I was, I wouldn't even say I dated this guy. I don't even know what he was, but this was going back years and years ago. And I never partied like alcohol was bad always. And I don't even know where that belief really came from. I didn't grow up in a household where alcohol, like my parents, we, we didn't do that. People didn't do that. And so I guess that's probably where it comes from. And I'm all about going out and having a good time now, right? Like go out and dance. It's not a bad thing, but the process to get there was a lot. And so in college, I was always the girl that drove my friends around. I never like, I'll be there. I will be fun as hell, but I just don't give me the alcohol. I will drive y'all. Everybody will get home safe and it'll all be fine. Well, I, I met someone who, really like stepped like got me to step outside that and it's so funny when I think about the people I've met along the way who were not my person but they have served a purpose in my life to help me step outside of like what I thought was Ashley like Ashley can't do this Ashley can't do that and if she does she doesn't like herself and so it really is. It's been a journey of learning about myself and what I accept for myself and what I don't accept for myself and who is Ashley. But I have come to a place where I really think that that box has been absolutely just expanded, like, like dissipated, I guess you could say, like I have no longer this box for myself, where if I do something, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad human. And I've really shaped it and reframed that as learning for myself, right? Maybe I do something that might be outside of what I thought I could do, but I'm learning, right? We're all here and we're all learning. Yes, I make mistakes, but that box really kept me tight and kept me just too narrow minded. Right. And, and I even used to think, I feel like I'm rambling, but I even used to think like, like if you had a drink, you were bad, right? And like that, oh, Ash, like, no, hold up, right? Everybody's on their own journey and their own path. So what's mine is mine and what's yours is yours. So I have learned and so grew so much. And it's really because the people I think I've met along the way that have helped me to expand that.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, yes, 100%. I'm like thinking back to the people that were, I mean, all of them have just uh, nudged me in subtle and not so subtle ways. And, um, that has been amazing. And the comfort of the box and how easy it is to just like recreate another box and then recreate another box and recreate another box is something that I've been playing with lately. Um, like recognizing, um, that I have also done that. So it's like, I've been like, oh, I created this box for myself and that's not actually me. And then for like a minute in between, the box gets blown up. But then the tendency to like, all of a sudden construct a new box of like, okay, now this is, this is the comfort again. And I'm like, um, and now I'm recognizing how much that the box doesn't serve me. And um, it's not about figuring out what that box is, I guess I'm still playing with like, you know, how do I live without the box? And um, what, where does my sense of comfort come from if there isn't a box? Uh, and so, yeah, I, I love that analogy. We talk about identities um, a lot here and As somebody who like created a rebellious identity or I'm a four in the Enneagram, which is like you basically get a sense of self by being different and then feeling special by being different. It is an ongoing process for me to not try so hard to be different, just allow myself to be who I am because when I'm trying to be different, I actually there is like a comfort in there, but there's also an isolation. And so it's like, it's a very interesting process to um, sit with and unpack. And then even like the Enneagram system, it's like another box, but how am I using it? And so I used to be anti these things. And now I'm like, no, embrace it as like a data point. And um, can you allow you know maybe there's like a frames of that of the box but like you don't have to like wall up or I don't know I'm still playing with it so I appreciate that analogy.
2: I've actually found from a lot of those personality type tests the more I've been doing them while they have overlap it'll add like a new element um that I like can reaccept in. So for example, if you just look at horoscopes like we were just talking about it's like the scorpio you know the strong stinger the leo the big bold but enneagram has some of that but then it's like i also have this two wing which is actually more of the nurturing side which didn't necessarily quote unquote like show up in um one of the other ones where i just did human design again and started to dive back in it and it's funny because we're all of it right that's like also the point but the more that i do them it'll be like oh here's this new thing that's always actually been there um, but now I'm really like claiming it as my own because a personality test affirmed it for me, which whether or not that's a great thing or not, but like, again, it's language, it's tools. It's like bringing it to your awareness. Um, I was also going to speak to the boxes on like from a polarizing community sense. I think it's easy to get into your box and then you stay in your box with your people that fit that box. Um, and then it's for me, it's been like a very much us and them. So I had similar like growing up um, feelings of shame around like sex, like I, I'm sure it comes from like Catholic upbringing and a lot of other things. Um, And it's like, I would look for other people potentially that had similar viewpoints to validate my own strong opinion, because living in the black and white is a lot easier than being open to all, all the gray in the middle. Um, But I think when I start to think even with COVID, it's like to get vaccinated, to not get vaccinated. And that's like a whole (laughs) conversation. And I don't know if I want to open up that box, but you know, like we find like polarizing things and then we like really put our stake in the ground. I almost said fork in the ground, (laughs) stake in the ground. Um, because like, we want to be affirmed that we're, we're right or that we're good or that whatever it is. Um, and so I've been really trying in my own life to be mindful of like where I want to be right and I want to be affirmed and validated by people outside of myself um, and be like, this is our box, Add that other box, nope, 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 um, to just make sure that I'm I'm not like walling myself off, whether it be from an identity standpoint or even like a community standpoint of what makes things right or wrong. Um, so yeah, I've been playing with
1: that too. I think the the black and white that you just brought up brought me back to my sister. My sister has always been like black, white, and gray. Like all the, she could always see like all the perspectives, and I really admire that about her. And we used to get in like fights, and she would be like Ash, like there is a gray, like there there can be a gray sometimes, right? Like sometimes it might be black and white. But she's like Ash, sometimes you got to see. The gray in this and it made me think of a song and i'm totally gonna like butcher the song i don't know if you guys like alternative music but it's like sometimes being in like a crowded room you can be i'm butchering the whole thing like the like the loneliest person even though you're in a crowded room like whatever you get the picture that's gray and to me i was always like manda like that could never be and she's like ashley like think about it so i admire my sister for helping me to open up to that doesn't always have to be black and white, right or wrong. There's different perspectives always. And we just have to be open enough to see where someone else was, is, is coming from. And I think it's also beneficial for ourselves to, to maybe take a step back and not always be like, here I am, this is right, or this is wrong, or whatever we think about it. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I love that. There's a
0: person that I follow on Instagram. <laughs> trying to get off Instagram. That's not even, never going to happen. Um, named Phil good. And his handle is Phil good life. I'll link it. Um, and he is like a channeler. So he channels messages from his guides. And, um, one of the messages that came through, I don't know, yesterday or the day before was around judgment, um, versus, oh shit. Now I'm not going to remember, um, preference judgment versus preference. And he was like, pay attention to when you've turned your preference into a judgment because, um, it, and when you are receiving somebody's preference as a judgment. And so this, that, this is like a gray concept too, of like, okay, because it is important, you know, each of us is here while we are all, all of it. You know, I believe that each of us has a unique expression of life that plays out through, you know, our body, our defaults, our experiences, etc. And like, so while we are all all of it, and we all can, you know, unpack and wrestle with the, our relationship with all of it, um, our default expression in any given moment is uniquely ours, and we own that specific expression. And um, and when we do that, it would make sense that like you know, three of us in here are going to have a unique expression and experience within this conversation and that they're going to come from different places. And that that's great. And when you experience somebody else's um, preference that is different from yours, noticing when you are making it a judgment on your own different preference, because, you know, in his in his words. So I'm stealing this concept from him and I'm trying to give, give it as good a credit as I can. Um, you know, we live in this society where we make everything about our us <laughs> and we take it personally. And so his example was like, I don't like tattoos on my body. And I, and in the way he said it, I immediately, I love tattoos. I immediately was like, fuck him. And <laughs> I was pissed. And then he was like, But if you have a tattoo, I might think it's super sexy on you. And then I was like, oh, I love him. And I was just like, whoa, oh, there it is. And so I was like, that's such a great example. Because if he, you know, I listened to the whole thing, but it's true. Like his preference towards non-tattoos on himself with so much conviction made me pause and like, like be like, oh, and then once I realized that is his preference I just heard it as a judgment on myself. I wanted to defend, but I didn't need to because he wasn't talking about me. He was talking about him. Anyways,
2: it's pretty brilliant, I think. I recently dated somebody and... (laughs) it's like a very weird way <laughs> to, I recently dated somebody. And <laughs> that was something we talk about. And I realized how much, I mean, I think we all do it, but how much I do that too. But what I loved is he was such a good mirror for me because he call me out on it. He's like, Janelle, you're making this about you. And it's not actually about you. And I'm like, Ooh, I am making this about me and it's not about me. Um, but it's so easy. Like, it's so easy to do because we do like, it's like, I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. Or like, you want a relationship to work and it's easy to want to try to like control things to get it to work out. Right. Because it, I think a lot of us are taught, like, if we're not in control um, or like we, if we're not trying hard enough or whatever it is, like whatever belief you have, I'm still unpacking all of mine, but um, then it means something about you. It means that you're not lovable. It means that you're not enough. It means that you're not worthy, you know, whatever, like limiting belief that we all um, have. And it was very interesting for me because I have not had someone call me out on it um, in that way. And of course, like when someone calls you out on it, too, you're just like, oh no, what? Screw you, no. <laughs> and then I was like, but actually you're 100% correct. <laughs> um, so that was, I think, really pivotable. Pivotal. Pivotable. I don't know how you say that word. Pivotal, pivotal. There we go, that's it. Um, for me, because I think I was also more ready and open to hear that than I ever have before whereas if someone would have said that to me before I would have had my initial reaction and it probably wouldn't have um straight from that I would be like all right well that Scorpio concept would be like tick, tick, you're out of my life bye <laughs> you've insulted me <laughs> get out of here and I was like, like actually you're right yeah
0: it's cool when there's the you know, whoever is able to hold that space for gray. I think my <clears throat> my ex boyfriend was so good at that. It's one of the one of the things that I'm like most grateful for him on is. I mean, there's a lot, but um, his ability to just like, I don't know, he could like hold this alternative perspective that I didn't know was possible, and to be in that was like such a gift for me to start to just shake up my, my safety nets. And um, I, I hear you having been able to experience that too. And, and then when you could do that and to find, like, I feel like Janelle, you and I are that with each other, or we're like growing into that more within each other, which is like so cool to be able to see that, um, yeah, that be able to, to grow within our own lives. And then to see me be able to bring that even I'm living with my parents now, and the default dysfunctional tendencies within my family, you know, are still here. And to be able to, like, be practicing, seeing a slightly different thing. And even though it's uncomfortable, and I'm like, I want like this, there's a really specific example of like, I was annoyed about something or pissed off about something with my mom. And I tried to confront her about it. And she basically was shutting down and wanted to just like run from the room. And I just was like, I know you're uncomfortable right now, but can you not run? Like if you need to run, run, but is there any part of you that could stay? And she was like, I'm really uncomfortable, but fine. And she sat back down at the table and we were able to work through something that we normally wouldn't have, but it took me having done that in specific other places, people calling me in and me recognizing that doesn't have to be as scary as we make it. And now I can hold that in this specific situation. Now she's experienced that. I don't know. It's like, it's a, I don't know. It's cool. It is really cool, even though it's very uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) yeah I it's like those hard having those hard conversations there I put an episode out on my podcast when I first started and it was eight lessons I learned from quarantine I was quarantined with my parents like this is when we were like literally all in the house together holy shit I love my family I I love them all but it's a lot sometimes right we're all not really grown ups. I feel like I'm not a grown up but I should be a grown up. But, and we all have very strong opinions and I and I think that my parents brought us up that way to to have those strong opinions but god, sometimes that just really clashes. And I also think that so that I have I have three other siblings. Oh my god, look at my nails. They're so bad. I need to get them done. <laughs> Don't look at them. I have three other siblings. So I have my sister, me, and then two younger brothers, and we're all kind of on our own little journeys. And I think it's really fun to see us all kind of step into our own and figure out like what, who we are and and what we're doing. And my youngest, you know, I think he's in college there's a lot of things that I think, you know, as as the baby in the family, we all think that like we know how he should, you know, be doing the college life and partying or not partying and da-da-da. And so it's funny because he was always like, guys, like I just need you guys to like take a step back. And we all have our, our our strong voice. And so we had to have a lot of hard conversations during quarantine, like with my parents, with my brothers, with my sister, and with my mom. And we had like this whole family blow up and I talk about it on the podcast, but this whole family blow up, right? Something happens and Easter was the next day. And my mom is like, yeah, she wanted to make it so, right? Libra, Libra comes in. She's like, I'm still going to make brunch happen. I'm everything's going to be fine. And I'm like, yo, mom, that was bad. Like, I don't know. That was bad. And it's just learning Like I can relate with you, Rachel, on learning what's yours and what's not yours. Like having that hard conversation with your mom, kind of feeling out that she has experiences that, that maybe make her want to run or, or past experience that make her have that as a defense mechanism, like get the hell out of there. I get that, but it's, it speaks a lot to you to kind of have that sense of awareness to be like, I I know this might be uncomfortable, but if you could stay, if there's anything in you that, that can push you to stay, please stay. And it's so interesting because we had those experiences in quarantine and, and quarantine really taught me that having those hard conversations, being able to speak up, being able in a respectful way, right. Uh, Being able to speak up and talk with your people when shit gets hard and when shit hits the fan is so important. I can distinctly remember a conversation that me my brother and my dad had outside and it was a hard conversation. And I nece- I wasn't necessarily involved in it, but I think I was out there as an out- outside perspective, but it was hard to speak up and to, to say things that might hurt somebody else or make somebody else defensive or whatever it is. And so I just think it's so important to go in and have hard conversations because I think you learn so much about yourself and it also facilitates growth in, in other people and yourself. Right. Yeah. Quarantine. Quarantine man. Seriously. Kind of loved it. Kind of hated it, (laughs) but
2: (laughs) loved it for the hard reasons. But yeah, when it comes to hard conversations, I know Mark Groves says this a lot about his own life. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he always talks about like, I want to have every difficult conversation like possible, because that is a part of being fully expressed. And I really took, that wasn't an exact quote, but that quote that he actually uses um, to heart. But what I've found and what you're both speaking to is like, I'll do it in new relationships and really be able to like, hold my boundaries pretty well, or have the hard conversations. And because I've set that up at the beginning. So it's like, no, this is who I am. Um, but when it comes to family, when it comes to like long-standing relationships, I still feel like I'm a runner. <laughs> oh, difficult conversation. Well, there's like too much to lose here. So I'm gonna uh, side door exit, like someone pull the hook, I'm out. Um, and so for, for both of you, like having those hard conversations with your family, I think is really like beautiful because that, I feel like that's where it starts to get sticky, right? And that's where it's a lot harder. And it feels like the stakes are higher because it is a, it's a disruption now. It's not the norm. It's disrupting old dynamics that have been there for a long time or for us, if, if it's with our parents, basically almost our entire life since we've been able to talk and and process and be a part of it.
0: Yeah, and I, I found that, I mean, there's a lot of, stuff when I actually sit and think about like what got me to a place where I could say that to her and not get triggered by the fact that she was running because that in the past would have highly triggered me and I would have done my default um and I think part of it was I didn't realize that I was doing it necessarily but I had accepted that my parents are who they are I'm not going to be able to change them and so what do I want to do with that? Do I, you know, and I chose that I still wanted to, I still wanted to be there. And, um, and so I, I felt like I had already like the part that you're speaking to Janelle of like, well, I'm going to lose, what am I going to lose here? Like I felt like I had already lost that because I was like the closeness that I want to have in that way. I just, just I just accepted that I didn't think that would ever happen. And so, I didn't feel like I had anything to lose at that point. And so I did it. And now all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit. So, and I wasn't doing it to try and like make it be anything. I was doing it because I was like, well, I want to practice being who I want to be in the world so that someday maybe there is a person that, you know, doesn't have those defaults. And then lo and behold, I'm so not attached to it that I can I can actually hold the space because I'm not attached to any of it. I'm just like, well, I'm just gonna do this because that's who I want to be, and I don't expect anything from anyone. And and like I don't know. It's like it's almost like I step back enough to allow somebody else's space to come in instead of trying to like come in and take over the whole thing and control the whole thing. It was just like I'm just gonna be me, and I already have accepted that you are probably going to do your default. And I'm okay with that. And knowing that you are probably going to do that, I would still choose this for myself. And so it made space for somebody to meet me there. Um, So I guess upon reflection, that's how I did it. (laughs) Um, But the other thing that was coming up in that for me is I have this little one and a half year old niece. Um, I'm obsessed with her. And she started her personality starting to come out and I've, she stayed with us for like a week while my brother and his, his girlfriend went skiing and for his birthday. And as her personality has started to come out, I've, I was noticing how easy it is to already start to put her in a box of like just quick phrases that you'd say of like, oh, she's really strong headed. Oh, she's gonna, oh, this is gonna be a, oh, da 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 da. Oh, she, they need to do this more or she needs to. And I was like, whoa. Because no, <laughs> like according to the system that exists that tells us we're supposed to be whatever it is that we're supposed to be and whatever we're not, we're not supposed to be. But what if we let her be exactly how she is? And we didn't, we didn't energetically make it wrong. We didn't energetically try to stop her unless she's like gonna injure herself. I mean, even that is like a fine line of like, what are, what are we robbing? in her, what are we making her be in order to fit the construct that we have or the fears that we have? And, and like, again, yeah, again, what are we robbing from her? And I've, I've been playing a lot with like, my own teen years. And I feel like a lot was robbed from me and being sick. And um, I experienced sexual assault. And in those things, it's like, I shut down and I didn't get to have a normal experience and, and for, you know, and, you know, now as I'm saying that it's like, I got to have an experience of somebody who went through that in my way. And so while the typical experience was robbed, I got something else, which makes me the person that I am today. So I'm having like an, aha, an epiphany right now of like, I hate to say that that would be a gift, but I guess the cliche phrase there it is. Um, but anyway, so back to the niece it's like what am what are we making people be and what are the experiences that she could have and who you know what could it look like for her to just fully embody you know whatever she is without needing it to be anything else
1: i love i love this conversation i i had um i was over in naples with my family like a few weekends ago and I was in the car with my dad, my mom and my uh, brother's girlfriend and my, and, and we were talking about if my parents could go back and do something different. We were like, apparently in a real deep combo on the way home from breakfast, like apparently we were feeling it. And (laughs) my dad said, which is so interesting because I grew up in a, in a family where sports were everything and we dropped everything to play our sports And I was a damn good soccer player. And I literally would drive to practice in a different state three times a week to practice there, like very intense. And I would not change that for myself, but my parents said, if I could go back, it would be to let you guys decide. Like, if y'all want to play the piano, like sweet, let's skip soccer or lacrosse. And like, Let's tap in a piano or like if you want to play the clarinet or if you want to be in the marching band, like not that they ever said no, but I think you know as your kids, you you want to you want to please your parents. and we're an athletic family and this is what we do and this is what even my extended family does. They play professional sports and in the Olympics and it's just what we do. And it was so neat to hear my dad say like, I hope that when you guys are parents, that, that you, you get to let them be what they want to be and do what they want to do. And if they don't want to play sports, they want to be a musician or they want to be an artist or whatever it is. Like you let them try out all the things, like all the damn things to let them figure out like who they want to be and what they want to do and all those things. And I just was like, wow, like I would have never guessed that. And we were talking about it more. And I was like, kind of like you, Rachel, in a much lesser sense with the things that you were going, I'm relating this to sports. So totally different experiences, but I hear you because in my way, like I wouldn't go back, like I would miss family vacations to play soccer. I would, you know, like it was, it was our life like that intense. And I wouldn't go back and change any of it because I really do think that I have learned some really hard lessons playing sports. And, and I learned a lot about myself and working with the team as cliche as that sounds. And how to communicate with a coach. And my parents let us kind of do all of that on our own. They weren't very, I feel like nowadays it's very, uh, the parents fight their, their kids battles. And that was not my parents, but I learned a lot about me from those experiences, even though I missed out on proms or whatever it was, it's really not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, but those experiences I've learned. So it was an interesting conversation that that was my dad's I would have never guessed that that was my dad's thing. I'm going to let, like, let your people decide who they want to be and what they want to do. So it's, it's, I love this conversation.
2: I think that's really cool. Um, and when I think about our parents, what sometimes I don't know if we give them credit for, is just like the generational differences too, of how like they saw their parents basically just trying to fucking survive. Right. Like, you know, live the American dream or like put food on the table and, um, And I know, I think for a lot, and this is a generalization, but for a lot of our parents, when they got to have their own kids, it was like, well, here are all the things that I wanted for myself growing up that I didn't really get to have because we didn't have enough money. We didn't have whatever. We were just basically trying to survive. Like I think of my mom, she's one of 10 kids. Um, Yeah, and growing up, they, you know, moved around a lot, and you know, she shared a bedroom with like four other kids. Even you know, just like this, and I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, and they're like, "Well, I could never like, you can't, your kids can't share bedrooms at those different ages." And I'm like, "My well, mom literally shared a bedroom with like four other kids, like that were probably in a ten year span of her, you know." Um, but like, I would think the same thing, right? I'd be like, "No, the kid needs like." space to explore and to be on their own and like what if they want it it's pretty sure what if they like they're trying to learn their bodies and they want to masturbate like how do you do that if you like share a room with four other people but it's like that shit was not what our parents were talking about and um like I think about the things that my parents have maybe influenced me on and it's like there are things that my mom probably grew up like wishing she had for herself but never got and that was her way of being like, well, I never got to have this, so I want you to have this experience. Um, because I know there's a lot of things in my upbringing around like physical aesthetics and I know my mom like really had a hard um time with that growing up again, just like not having a lot of money or not having access to things or like I was joking about braces, but um you know, she got braces when she was like older, I think in her like late twenties, you know? So like that influence was like, well, I don't want my kid to go through that. So I'm going to get my kid braces when she's little, which I mean, I'm super actually grateful for. <laughs> but, um, but you know, so like those influences and things that our parents like bring from such a loving, loving space. But then also um, it's not necessarily Rachel to what you're saying, like letting the child choose for themselves. Like they're doing it from a place where it's very much like, I'm trying to give you all the things that I couldn't have. Um, but there is influence and sway where I think our generation now is like, well, but that's never who I was. That's not who I wanted to be, <laughs> you know? And now we're like wrestling with the outcome of that.
0: Yeah, and I, <clears throat> in that, um, like I got to, to the place of like, oh, those things were actually gifts, which if you take that statement or if you even if you even take what you were saying as just like a quick statement that's fucked up in my opinion (laughs) to just be like it's such a gift like the experience that you have shapes who you are it's like yes 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 and like it doesn't become a gift until we give ourselves the chance to wrestle with it to be in the tension of it um And to figure out what we want to do with it. And so the fact that I'm sitting here today and the words came out of my mouth that having cancer and being sexually assaulted would even ever be associated as a gift kind of makes me want to throw up. And I've been wrestling with that for, uh, you know, 24 years. And, um, and the fact that I can see, I'm starting to be able to see how that shaped me in a good way too does not in any way, shape, or form, like, justify any of it, and I, it's like, I'm taking my story back, and I'm giving myself permission to be, um, to be the beautiful, big, you know, all of it person that I am, that includes those experiences that I have wrestled with, and are allowing me to be very multifaceted now. So I guess, um, that was coming through for me, especially as you were talking of just like that, that the importance of giving self yourself the chance to wrestle with, um, with it. Um, otherwise it just becomes toxic positivity or, you know, the cliched stuff, which is not honoring the contrast that is existence. Um, so yeah, I appreciate your that that adding because it's important to not just leapfrog into the, po- the positive space because um, even when you get there, it's there's still a lot of fucked up shit. So
2: I know we're in the conversation already, but maybe asking more directly, I'm opening up the floor. Like we talked about going into this conversation and having. Uh, the concepts of how do you rock your whole self and own your own shit. I think we've given a lot of examples, but asking the question directly, what comes up for both of you? And Ashley, if you want to go first, maybe.
1: So own your shit. That is something that my my mom and my sister we all say to each other. Um, and I'll I'll give an example that is not a hugely deep example, but it'll kind of put it in perspective as to what I mean and how own your shit kind of shows up in my life. So I kind of set this talk about our box, right? I, God damn it. I still have a box shit. It's coming up right now. Okay. Whatever. It's fine. We're, we're rocking it. We got a rocket. Okay. So at work at orange theory, I kind of set like the bar for myself right always work hard da, 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 da. like and we had a i hope no one from orange shire listens to this, but it's fine we had a um a party thing that we, we were doing like a transformation challenge like you know the beginning of january and members got to sign up for it and it was basically a way to motivate them to kind of you know feel good eat good work out whatever So there was like an end party, the transformation party where the people who were who entered into the competition, um, we like rented out a bar and it was like a happy hour and whatever. And I worked right up into that time and I could either go to the party or go to Naples because we were doing like an Easter weekend with my family. And in my head, it was such a big battle because I'm like the right thing to do in my head is like go show up at the work event, right? Like go show up, you have to do that. You have to be there. Cause you just, you have to Ash. And I was like struggling. Cause I was like, but I really just want to go be with my family. Like, it's not like, and so I was talking to my mom and she was like, will this matter in a year from now? Like, will it matter if you show up to this party or not like for work? And I was like, no, like it really won't. Like it, it will not matter. This will not define, this is not a pivotal moment. Like you said, in my life, if I go to this, stu- like not stupid, we don't say stupid, this party or not. And so I didn't go and I went to Naples and that was like a big moment for me because I was breaking outside of that mold. That's always like, you have to do the right thing. You have to go, you have to work hard. This is just how you have to show up at work. And so I went to Naples. I had a great weekend with the fam. And then I was so nervous to go back to work on Monday because I thought that I was going to get like all this heat from people. Like you didn't go and it was fine. Like everything was fine. And as I was walking into work, I literally was on the phone and my, my mom, and my sister were like, own your shit. Like, so what, like, so if they say something like, oh yeah, I didn't go. I'm so sorry that like, that looks bad for you guys or whatever, whatever it is. It turned out nothing happened, but they were like, just own it. Like you went to be with your family. Right. And so that's kind of like, not a deep example, but of course it brings up like a box I have for myself that I like just came up and, own your shit, right? When you do something, like just own it. And I think that it can go for anything that we do or like you snap on someone because they really pissed you off. And then you got to own that you did that and you got to maybe do some self-reflection, figure out, like be curious as to why you did that or what thoughts came up and all of that. But like, at the end of the day, we all have to like own our shit. We have to rock all the facets that are like us. And I was actually doing a podcast with somebody else and she gave this awesome imagery and it was like a mug so like picture like a like a mug like a coffee mug that is shattered and i i have to figure out who the company is but their idea behind like a shattered mug is when you put it back together you put like gold in between each of the cracks and the idea is right that like you do something wrong or or you have bad shit that happens to you um you have somebody who passes away, who's close to you, like all the things that go on in life are a piece of like your story, your mug. And when they are put back together, like it makes up who you are. And, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying, Rachel, like toxic positivity, right? We have to work through a lot of stuff to get to that place. And even then there's still stuff we have to work through, but rocking like your whole damn self and owning your shit when you don't go to work party, like figure it out, Ash. And now I have a new box I got to work through. So there's that. What you're,
0: what you're speaking to it's, I had heard that before. It's actually an old Japanese, um, art and it's called, I just looked it up so that we could, it's called, um, Kintsugi, Kintsugi, um, also known as Kints. Oh, I'm going to mess this up. Kintsu Kuroi golden repair. So it's the idea of like, it's actually like a very, um, beautiful approach to when things break, it's not the end of the world. You actually make it more beautiful by putting the gold in there. So I, I love that. And even just like owning your ship from a standpoint of like, I mean, there's those quotes out there for my own example that I was, I've been harping on, well, I'm not harping on speaking to in this podcast. Um, it's like, it's not your fault that this stuff happened to you, but it's your responsibility to choose what you're going to do with it. And I think for a very long time, I was just the victim to this thing. And I expected everybody to meet me in that victim energy and to, to, you know, feel sorry for me and to make up for it and all this stuff. And until I was able to like, I have started to be able to say like, literally no one owes me anything. And so I need, I want, I can't keep living this way. So how do I own my shit? How do I own my story? And not because I want to say it's okay that any of that stuff happened, but um, it's mine, it's my life. How do I take that back? And what do I want to do? What do I need to do in order with it? And um, so I love, there's just so much in, um, in that expression of like owning your shit that is so A, reverent I think that's right it's like got a lightness to it and it's like kind of rebellious which of course I love and um and it's just beautiful it's like yeah own it so that you don't have to then dump it on every other person that like coming in the door like they can have their own sovereignty you can have your own and it's a, it's an empower it feels empowering
2: Well, I was just going to say the example, I know you're like, oh, it's not a deep example, but I actually think that's the brilliance of that example, because how often not even getting into the depths of the things in the areas that we do, because we definitely do in the depths too, but how often in like the more surface, just day to day, do we have those examples where we're basically like choosing something to be, yeah, to be right or because it's the right thing? Um, rather than just going with what we want. So I appreciate that that example wasn't deep because that's like the starting point. And once you start to do, like, I think actually what, when we were talking about your merch earlier, it's like, what, what's your quote? Wait, say it for me again. The everyday shapes.
1: Change your everyday, change your life. Exactly.
2: Like <laughs> floating back to that, that's where you start. Like that's the everyday. And then as you start to do that, like that will seep down into the deeper shit that, will really start to change your life and and fundamentally um like shift your belief system
0: have you have you both this is terrible and I like can't get away from the analogy right now but have you heard about the boiling frog analogy yes I don't think so okay um so it's the idea that like how do you
1: frogs are my favorite animal. I know you're about to cry oh
2: I know it's really sad
1: She's getting you back
2: for the paper cut the iceberg. Yes. She's like, F you, Ash.
1: Now you get to
0: sit and cry. Basically, how do you boil a frog? You put it in a pot and you just slowly turn the temperature up because it doesn't notice. And so uh, I've, I think I've, I heard this analogy being used in like the normalization of traumatic experiences. And so like, if you come from a trauma and it's normalized and everybody acts like it's okay, then you like think that that's normal and you, it just keeps growing. And so I love this example of what you just said, Janelle, because it is, it's almost like what it's normalizing on a small scale so that you don't start to normalize, you know, the anti-self or like the, the, um, the dumping or the um, outsourcing of self or whatever, you're actually um, normalizing the experience on a very small scale. You're like (laughs) unboiling the frog (laughs) um, slowly or like (laughs) boiling a different frog. This is terrible. But um, yeah, it's like, what you do on a small scale? We're all saying the same things. Hopefully,
2: you understand what I'm saying. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> frog. The frog is in a hot tub now. Frog's okay. Just enjoy. <laughs> the frog is spotted. That's I feel actually- much better. <laughs> I feel much better. Put a little Frogs are my favorite.
1: Oh, my oh that's, such, that's my favorite that- too. Really? Did yeah. we talk about this before?
0: No, but hold on. I'm gonna go grab something. You all keep talking. Give me. Oh,
1: it's gonna be something related to a frog. Uh, yeah. I when I was younger, I had a lot of health stuff. And, um, they were trying to, I have a heart condition and they were trying to figure out like what's going on and all that. And I literally told my mom, like, I had to go get a stress test done. And I told my mom, I will not go unless I get frogs. I guess I was being a little brat. And so I saw on her, I don't even know if I told her this, we used to have this huge calendar that was like in like our stove. And there was like a little, like, uh, Pull-out drawer. And it was like a massive calendar. And it was like all of our sports and like all the things we had to do, like concerts at school, like things. And I saw on a little post-it note that it said frogs. And I was like, I'm going to get frogs. Like she's actually going to take me to go get frogs. And I did. And I got the coolest frogs. We're just going to nerd out for a second. I got a white tree frog. His name was Bubba. He was my all-time favorite. He was big. Yeah. We had a Pac-Man frog, a neon Pac-Man frog. You know, they eat the little like mice. He was cool too. And I had, um, a blue tree blue tree frog. I don't think I ever named him. Um, A golden tree frog. His name was Gus. And um, fire belly toads. Two fire belly toads. So there you go. Dude, that's so
0: cool. The reason that I did my my jaw draft is because my first fish. His name was Bubba. And then I filled his fish tank with too many things, and he got wedged between the wall and the coral, and he died. It was terrible. Oh my gosh. I was like. Why is it Bubba moving? My dad was like, oh geez. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, okay, what I grabbed was these wooden frogs. They're little sound frogs. Okay, ready? Can you hear it? Yes. It sounds frog fr- sound. Yeah. Okay, hold on, there's oh. a little one too.
1: That is so cute.
0: They're my favorite sound instruments that I have, so.
1: Look at Janelle's face. I was dying. She's like I fucking. She's like, y'all are
0: weird. Like, (laughs) I don't know what's going on. (laughs) It's the most soothing thing. Down the street, I do night walks and there's like a man-made reservoir, but it's like frog central. So I go down there. I'm gonna have to record it and I'll send it to you. It is the coolest thing. I just stand there for like five minutes and just take it in. Or when I'm like stressed out, I just I just play this little guy. So,
2: anyways. You're saying that I'm weird there's a a ditch along a bike path in San Luis Obispo and during quarantine. I shit you not. I'm sure people are like, what is wrong with this girl? But the frogs were all like going off. But I learned that if you like walk on that part of the bike path, they stop because they're you know scared of you. This might be actually me. I'm so sorry to the frog lovers, but then I would just run up and down the bike path back and forth because it was like the symphony of frogs. I was the conductor, Like the side stops. And then they'd start over here and then I'd run back. And
1: like, I swear
2: if anyone saw me on the bike path, what is this chick doing?
1: That's amazing.
2: Like, oh my god! Turn.
1: turn it on over here. It was super oh, fun, actually. That's
2: great.
0: That's amazing. Um, do, did you do, ever do that with cows, Janelle, in Wisconsin? No. Dylan, ta- Dylan taught me that if you drive, <laughs> or he was just trying to get me to be weird. If you drive past a thing of cows and you open, I think you either honk or you scream out the window, they'll start mooing back at you. And so we used to do that. We used to road trip all the time. And so whenever we'd be on like a country road and honestly, even if people were around, we did it too, but we would always try to get the cows to move back at us.
2: Did they do it? Because there's so Mm -hmm. many cows around here. And I did it They're Okay. The cows around here. They were on the hiking trails and they scare me because they're big and they're like four feet away from you. And they're just like, I'm like, oh my God, this thing's going to charge me. (laughs) Okay, excuse me, nothing to see here. i good. <laughs> I just got a skirt past, but if I'm in a car, maybe. I love how this conversation we're just like owning your shit, your whole self. And now we're like,
1: frogs and cows. Cow. <laughs> now I know what y'all are gonna be doing later. <laughs>
2: I probably am. I'm gonna be on the path now and just be like hugging <laughs> a horn. Cow, it's move at me. That's amazing. If I get oh charged gosh. by a cow, Rachel, I don't know. I'm gonna come Dude. back to this.
0: Again, the only animal you need to be afraid of charging you is a llama. That's the only animal that's ever charged me.
2: No, the nays and the cows are the nays and the mumus. are what I'm, what I'm trying to avoid here. They're coming at you. Oh my gosh. They're after me. Do cows charge? I, 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 think you're, I think it's just
0: a bull, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think cows do I not I think do you're that. good. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, um, I've, I've never even seen a cow run. No, me I too. they're like laying down and I'm like yeah. oh god it's gonna come for me <laughs> it's like did you,
0: grass. <laughs> did you know that Goofy is a cow
2: okay Goofy is a cow? yeah did we ha- okay no, did we have this conversation Rachel or is this from no. a different group I just had this conversation with someone and that is not true oh I, well I don't know okay I don't think it's true but we decided that someone's just making shit up to disturb the people
0: yeah I don't know though I mean I thought it was a dog, but yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, so I've been duped. I think
2: there, there's something
0: It's the the on the area.
1: internet. We're at in the gray area. y'all. This is the gray. Just ask Goofy what he is. <laughs> Maybe Goofy doesn't know what he is either. And
2: that's okay.
1: Because if you start,
2: if you start to read those articles, they're like, whoa. Disney was just trying to fool us. They were trying to make us think da-da-da because cows were this bad thing and everyone was oh offended my. by cow. I like, so if you start to get into like the details of why it's they're funny. saying it's a cow, it's I don't think it's
1: real. No. Oh, but, man.
2: <laughs> so anywho, I think this is a great time, Ashley, to ask you how you live your true north in one word.
1: I would say... I kind of have two words, but I know that's against the rules. So I'll, I'll do one Break the rules, break the fucking <laughs> rules. So I was prepping for this and I was torn between two words, but I think that they really just go together. So we'll pretend they're one, even though they're not potential and confidence. So I think this year I have really actually we'll take on 2022 because I like 2020 also not like 2022, 2020. And into this year, I have really begun to step into like my own potential. And what I mean is like, I would have never had the confidence to do this, like ever. Like if you would have told me a year and a half ago that this is what I would be doing, or even two years ago, I would have literally laughed in your face and been like, hell No, one, why do people want to listen to me? Two, like, what do I have to offer that is special and cool? And like, what why do people want to listen to me? And so I think that my answer would be potential and confidence, because I really think that I have stepped into potential with confidence. And that is what I would say would sum up my my true north, if that makes sense. So well, just a side story because why not? I just recently, um, did my first like little speaking engagement. I'll call it a speaking engagement. It was over zoom, obviously, but a girl on Instagram reached out to me. She has, she works with Monet. It's like a multi-level marketing company. She has her own team, like the whole shindig. And she was doing a March madness week. And so she was bringing in people to talk about different things and, and train their teammates, like that whole stuff. And she was like, I want you to come in and speak about limiting beliefs and mindset. And I was like, hell yes. And then my head went, whoa, no, like maybe not, you know, like when you do that thing, that's like, yeah, oh, maybe not. And I did it. And I'm really damn proud of myself that I did it. And I actually found like kind of a new, a new, um, thing that I love, like speaking with people and empowering people. I was like super fun. I mean, I do it in a podcast, but there was like 300 people on zoom. And so it was super cool and super fun. But as I was speaking about limiting beliefs and mindset, I said, sometimes this goes back to like owning your shit. I was like, I told them that I was super nervous to speak. And like, this is crazy. And this is my first time doing anything like this. And I was like, but you know what? I, I put my damn hoops in and I put some lip gloss on and I was like, we're going to freaking do it. Right. Like we are going to rock it. We're going to own it. And here we go. So that was really fun. I also learned, you know, something new about myself that I would love to roll out like a speaking program or some sort of thing, which is so freaking cool. So yes, confidence and potential would sum up my true north. It's beautiful. I love it.
0: And I feel it like you are, yes. When you said that, I was just like, mm hmm,
2: 100%. And then, if people would like to get a hold of you, reach out to you, ask you questions, listen to your podcast, where can they do all the things?
1: I always have to write down all the things because I feel like I always forget all the things. When I'm in it, I'm like, oh no, like I forgot eight of them. So, my website is Um, On there, you can see, you can find my blog. Um, lots of mental health and wellness tips for you on there. I have merch, which we already kind of talked about on there. It's low on sizes, but I don't know, maybe Rachel inspired me to just do a whole nother order. (laughs) Um, My podcast is splash of ash. Um, I have expanded its platform. So you can actually find it now anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Um, And my Instagram is at a underscore splash of ash. Um, I love to connect with people on there. Um, and then I also have a newsletter, which you can sign up for on my Instagram or even on my website. I send out an email every Monday, um, with some mental health and wellness tips or stories, things that happened to me over the weekend, things I'm learning all the good things. That's where you can find me. Love. That's amazing.
2: Thank you so much for chatting yeah. with us. I'm so glad we have connected through the internet. I know it's wild. The
1: internet. Honestly,
0: Thank you so much, dude. I honestly feel like I have more close friends that I've never actually met in person. Crazy. Then, I mean, it's pretty wild.
1: It is wild. I said that the other day when I was podcasting with someone. I was like, "This is crazy. I'm meeting the most awesome people that I would never have the chance to meet if I wasn't in this space or if technology wasn't as Freaking cool as it is. Like it's wild. I am so grateful to connect with you guys and be here. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You're amazing. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of the True Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True Collective underscore. And make sure you're signed up for our mailing list. You can do that at
2: thetrenorthcollective.org to stay up to date on all of our resources, tools, and upcoming events. We appreciate you being here with us. We'll see you next time.